Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 263, Psycho. Don't give away this podcast. It's the only one we have. Really? Is it the only one we have? Oh my god. No, we said no. Hello everyone, I am Chaos. I'm Carnage and it's been a very long week and it just keeps getting longer. Why? What do you mean? Stop speaking in that Norwegian accent. That horribly bad Norwegian accent. I don't know what you mean. You sound like more like the Swedish chef than anything else. I sound like that Norwegian boy. God, it's horrible. Thank you. Stop. You have to stop. You're not spending this whole episode doing this. No, why not? Please, because I'll beat you. But I like it. But I'll beat you. <laughs> Just try it. You are in any distance and kicking distance. Would you like an elbow to the sternum? So this week was fun. Thank you for asking. It was an interesting week. I You're blowing out the levels. Calm am I? down. I'm, I can't be calm because you're using that stupid fucking voice. I stopped. Okay. Well, now I can be calm then. How are you doing? <laughs> Don't do it. I know what you want to do. Don't fucking do it, you goblin. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. I <laughs> too. <laughs> I've been preparing all week for a garage sale, of which we had our first day today, and I'm very tired. I got sunburned, as you told me when you got here and said, oh my god, your face is red. Very red. And I was like, it is? And then I went and looked, and yes, it is beet red. Oh, I hate sunburn. Me too. The sun is evil. It's still patchy. And I still got my edema. So it's fun, sun, sun, fun, fun, sun, fun, 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 and the sun, sun, sun. Anyway, um, well, that sounds like an exciting week. Did you make some money? I did make some money. I sold my guitar and my roller skates and my skateboard deck that I painted, and um, a bunch of little stuff. Did your skateboard deck have wheels? No. Oh, no, no. It was, it was just, just the, the deck. deck. Yeah. Um, I actually took the wheels off in order to paint it. So, How much did you sell the, the guitar for just out of curiosity? Oh, like $5. No way. Really? Yeah. It wasn't worth anything. Which which guitar was it? It was just a Squire. <sighs> okay. It was a knockoff Fender. I mean, it was technically made by Fender, but it's not even a Stratocaster. It's a Squire. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. I know how much you paid for it, though. So $100. And yeah. No, I didn't pay for it. It was a gift. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then that's fine, then. You probably sold all the gifts I've given her, given you. You're like, yeah. No, I don't think so. No? Mm-mm. We were talking about taking a picture of the guitar with the price tag on it and sending it to the person who gave it to me to piss them off. Who was it that gave it to you? My father. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's just... That's mending those bridges there, isn't it? <laughs> I was 16. I did not want a guitar. He gave me a guitar and forced me to take guitar lessons. Four years. Nice. Yep. But that's how we met, though. Yeah, it is. So there's that. Good things come from crappy pack, crappy presents, apparently. And then when my sister wanted a bass guitar, he bought her an electric guitar. (laughs) Because he wanted a guitar. He wanted a new guitar. She did not want a guitar. She wanted a bass. Mm -hmm. But he bought her the guitar that he wanted. So she actually got, like, a nice guitar, but it didn't matter because it's not what she wanted. He wanted it. He wanted it. That's like when my dad would buy my mom a new t- tackle box. She didn't fish. Yeah. Yeah. 
Men are suck. Well, and Just then kidding. he went to my mom. So, like, are you going to pay for that? What, the guitar? Mm-hmm. Why would she pay for it? He bought it. Why indeed? <sighs> Fun. Yeah. And then when he got her presents, it was like, oh, look, a pot holder from the gas station. Not even. Hey, I like those gas station pot holders. They're fun and whimsical. I don't know. I have a whole set. Don't defend him. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to say what I used to say to pitch you. I was so bad. I used to think you so bad, though. Go ahead and say it. Well, your dad's hot. I don't consider that an insult. I'm told you used to like used him. to piss him, piss you off so bad though. Used to make you so mad. I used the to do it just for that. The thing is that he was considered attractive in his day. No, he wasn't. Yes, he no, was. He, never he was, was one of the popular kids. He was friends with all the cheerleaders. Yes, he was. Oh, mm-hmm. seriously? Mm-hmm. I was just doing it to annoy you. I know. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. So I'm glad you had a good week and I'm glad you sold that. Yeah. And you still have another day tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we have one more day. Yay. Nice to strangers. Oh, you can do it. I, I believe in you that you could do it. Like, not like a lot. I don't have a lot of faith, but you made it through today. So, I, <laughs> I mean, did. I did make it through so today. That's got to count for something, right? Yeah, I think so. so. <laughs> I, well, think, I think I, it took a lot of effort, but I did it. You did it. You got there in the end. I triumphed, <laughs> yes. And then I ate a shit ton of Chinese food, and it was all worth it. I had leftover Subway for dinner. Yum. Because that's what we had for lunch. So I just got a footlong, and I had half for lunch and half for dinner. What kind of footlong? Cold cut combo. Nothing mm, exciting. No. That's okay. I had to go back to work at some point, too, this week, and it really upsets me. Ew, really? Yeah. Um, I found out when I left that my watermelon spilled in the fridge. So I got to go clean it out. For some reason, I thought you were going to say you found out at work that your water broke. <laughs> yes, my water broke at work. So I've got to go clean my amniotic fluid off the carpeting. I was like, okay, I have to tell the listeners because I told you about this. But I seriously, the other day, like earlier this week, I looked down at my little six pound cat Jonesy and I thought, she doesn't have her shoes on. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, she doesn't have booties. It's not like a joke. It's not like a running joke. She doesn't have anything that would look like shoes <laughs> that I've tried to force her to wear or anything like that. I just looked yep. down at her little toes and thought she doesn't have her shoes on. And my water broke at work. And it's your fine. Water broke at it's work. fine. But I found out that I probably have an uh, astigmatism. Okay. So I'm gonna How did go you find that out without going to the eye doctor? Because, um, well, they showed like this, I saw this picture online of like, like how like lights have like halos around them if you have astigmatism and then they don't if you don't. And I didn't know that everybody didn't see halos around their lights. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So then I was like, oh, I guess I have astigmatism. It can go which, away. It's not a big deal. I had which, it. I mean, would make sense because both my parents had it and it is hereditary. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know it could go away. I was surprised by that fact. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mine went away apparently. So, mm-hmm. whatever. Awesome. So, now I'm going to have to go get my vision tested. Yes. Sweet. You should go to the place I go. Sixty nine ninety nine for your vision tested and two pairs of glasses. 
Oh, it's actually cheaper at the place that I was recommended to go to. Americans, America's Best. That's where I go to. Oh, really? Okay, then it's the same. Yeah. The, I was thinking the eye exam is $59, or you can buy two pairs of glasses and get a free eye exam. Yeah, that's it. You buy two pairs of glasses and get a free exam. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Should we get into who we are and what we do since we sure. talked about our week a little bit? We had, we had a long episode today. Do you want to talk any more about that watermelon you have to go clean up? Oh, I got to go clean up my watermelon. <laughs> no, it's just it's, it's, it's a mess in the fridge and I had to leave to go pick up my mom's insulin and the pharmacy closes at like six. So I had to run to go get it and I couldn't clean it up. And I'm like, I can't leave this till Monday because it's just all over the bottom of the fridge and I don't want my boss finding it. So I've got to go clean it up this weekend. So, which is fine because I can get some work done at work too while I'm there and it's not a big deal. You're the only person who I I know who's like, I have to stop into work for a non-work reason. Guess I'll work while I'm there. Uh, Just a couple little bit. Just a little bit. No. Yeah, just a little bit. It's fine. I'll just check emails and I seriously am concerned about your mental health when you say things No, I'm fine. I'm fine because here's the thing. During the day, I take plenty enough breaks that it's like if I go in and work for 20 minutes, it kind of makes up for those mind breaks that I take where I'm on Travelocity you know, planning my next American vacation. The worker works 40% of the time. Really? That's it? Mm-hmm. I'm above normal. Yay. You're a workaholic. I'm not surprised. I'm not a workaholic. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I don't work every Saturday anymore. I stopped doing that. Remember how I used to work Saturdays all the time? Yeah. I don't do that anymore. I respect myself where others do not respect me. How often do you stay late? Um, occasionally if I have appointments. All the time. No, not all the time. I stay late once this week. One out of five ain't bad. And if I get money from it, I'm going to make the money from it. How it's all about the money. How many times did I stay late when I worked? Yeah, but you weren't in a sales-driven job, though. When you have to make sales, you, you stay for the sale. When you get the commission. You do. I don't no. think you've ever had a sales or driver job, have you? There's a reason for that. Yeah, because you're not a salesperson. No. Yeah, so you and don't I'm understand. not putting in extra effort. To make money? No. Well, sorry. If it's an extra hundred bucks, I'll stay a half hour to an hour. That's a hundred bucks in my pocket. I'll do it. I'll do it. Sometimes you it's stay more... longer than that. Well, it depends on uh, what it is, too. So sometimes it's more than a hundred bucks. Ow. Sometimes okay. it's six bucks, but you know, you know it's like kind of a roll of the dice. Just keep telling yourself that. It's fine. Hey, I make bank. Shut up. Sure. Shut up. I make mm-hmm. bank. I, it's all worth it. I have paid off. You make so much money. I got a second student loan paid off as of this month. Congratulations. So I'm doing good because that was off my, because I only have eight more left out of ten. We are they mostly podcast at night. Sometimes. <laughs> that is not the line. Mostly. You screwed it up. <laughs> I can't work under these conditions. I feel, I feel smirky and sarcastic today now all of a sudden. What, like every day? Shut up. That's usually your... You don't have rest, resting bitch face. You got resting sarcastic smirk face. That's you. <laughs> Which I guess is resting bitch face, but crueler somehow and more evil i don't know <laughs> i mean why do things halfway <laughs> it was interesting in our um what we do in the shadows fan group that i'm in they somebody posted the question dear energy vampires what do you do to steal energy from people so i le- <laughs> so i basically gave a giant paragraph of <laughs> 
things that I do just solely to annoy You're people. Horrible person. And I ended it with, and I never ever state anything in a one concise sentence <laughs> because I wrote a book. I yes, it. I love it. Yeah. I was very, you know, like, I was happy to share. And um, a lot, it was funny how many people responded to that query, actually. I wasn't expecting as many responses because most people don't admit to being energy vampires. No, they don't even know they are usually. Yeah, usually yeah. they don't. They don't do it on purpose. But some of us do. Some God. of us take pride in our work. Uh, so. Anyway. Anyway. Continue um, on. <laughs> We are two best friends of 25 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week. We take turns picking the flicks, and we have very specific friendship goals because our friendship lives in the hashtag Mariana's Trench of Hate, where we MMA-style duke it out in our very own octagon when we fail to see eye-to-eye on movies, which is often. <laughs> yes, indeed, because I like old horror Carnage likes new horror, and never the two rarely meet. No. I don't like horror at all, actually. Yeah, I know. You don't even like horror. I don't know why I asked you to do this podcast with me. <laughs> it's been five years, but, you know, I just continue. I'm playing the long con. Yeah. Who are you conning exactly? Our listeners? Myself. Or your, oh, yourself. Okay. Self, self-owned. Self-con. Long self-con. Those are very rare, but I have to admire. I have to admire it. Yep. Thank you. Um, And uh, spoilers ahead and expletives probably ahead. Oh, wait, that's my turn. Yeah. Uh, This week we did Psycho. It was done in 1960 because this is not the fucking Vince Vaughn version. It was an R rating. It was an hour and 49 minutes long. And it got an 8.5 out of 10 on the IMDb scale. What about the tomato meter? You look like you have a question. I was wondering if you'd like to share your thoughts on the Vince Vaughn I have not seen it, but I've heard it's horrible. I have seen it, and it it is horrible. Is it like a shot-by-shot remake? It is a shot-for-shot remake. With Anne Heche, is she playing uh, Janet Leigh's? Is she? I just... I I, I know Anne Heche was in it. I try not to pay attention when Anne Heche is on the screen, because I have a deep hatred for her. Okay. But I... um, It's been a while since I've seen it, but... It was a very unimpressive shot-for-shot remake. Yes, it was Anne Heche. Um, I was mostly paying attention to Julianne Moore, if I'm honest. There's a shock. I love Julianne Moore. Everyone (laughs) knows this about me. Yes, It's okay. We know. (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) the original definitive and should never have been recreated psycho is uh certified fresh on the tomato meter it is sitting at a 96 percent critics consensus infamous for its shower scene but immortal for its contribution to the horror genre because psycho was filmed with tact grace and art hitchcock didn't just create modern horror he validated it audience score 95 percent very rare when they're so close. Yeah, it really is. Um, should we do a little casting? Um, yeah, let's talk about the cast. So, everybody is familiar with this cast, but here goes anyway. Norman Bates was Anthony Perkins. In Psycho 2 and Psycho 3. Did not know there was even those. But he was in Les Miserables and Murder on the Orient Express. Well, that answers my next question, was, which was, have you seen Psycho 2 or 3? But No, and not. I put Psycho 2 and 4, apparently, on my notes, which... Don't think there's a Psycho 4, but now there will be. We're going to dig Anthony Perkins' up, yes. and he's going to star in it as well. But he's mother this time, because he's obviously a skeleton. 
Good idea. That fits. We wouldn't have to revive him either because he's already a skeleton. I mean, he died like in 1992. Can I give away the twist of Psycho 2 and express why it was such a terrible movie? As long as you tell our listeners spoilers ahead for those that didn't see it. Spoilers ahead for those who haven't seen Psycho 2, but still for some bizarre reason plan on on seeing it someday. Okay, now you may spoil it. Um, The twist in Psycho 2 is that Mother is not dead. Huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was her skeleton, and she's alive. She's alive. Was that her skeleton? Did they no. just add water and rehydrate her? I mean, how does this work? <laughs> they don't. I don't remember if they even explain it. Oh God. Okay. Um, they might have, but I can't recall. I just remember that. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to read all about this. Yeah. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Psycho Two's a piece of shit. Yeah. Psycho Two's. Uh, the twist and so eventual premise that you've learned is that it wasn't uh, Norman Bates doing the killings in Psycho 2. It was actually his mother. Well, he was locked up, wasn't he, in Psycho 2, I'm assuming? No, not always. He gets out. Oh, okay. And they think he's killing again. And there's one girl who's in his corner the whole movie. And then at the end, she can't figure out who's doing the killing. So she thinks it is Norman. And it turns out it's actually his mother. Who huh. isn't dead. You know what's funny? What? Um, this is done in 1983. Meg Tilly was in it. Yes. Um, Lila married Sam Loomis. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's rude. <laughs> and then in Psycho 3, no Lila. She must have died. Okay. Well, Jeff Fahey's in it, though. Um, That's interesting. And they probably would have done a Psycho 4, but he did die. So He did die, yes. Oh, they did do a Psycho 4. My bad. Hold oh, on. Oh, they did? Okay, I didn't even know that. Psycho 4, the beginning, 1990. Yeah, Anthony Perkins is in it. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> so Meg Tilly is awful in Psycho 2, just in case you were curious. Okay. No, I wasn't because I think she's awful. She, she's probably just awful. I don't know if I've seen her in anything else, um, but I knew of her. So I was like, oh, Meg Tilly's in this. So we'll see how she does. Yeah. No. She's so bad. Uh, Bates but Vera Miles does reprise her role as Lila. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back to the rest of the cast. All right, uh, let's continue on with the Psycho cast from 1960. As soon as I can unlock it. Can't believe it was really 22 years from the time of Psycho 1 to Psycho 2. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Marion Crane was Janet Lee. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's mommy. Yes. Um, She was in The Fog, The Manchurian Candidate, A Touch of Evil, and in Halloween H2O with her daughter. With her daughter, yes. Yes. I'm glad that you mentioned that one because that was like... Huge. Yeah, that was huge for them being in the same movie Hugely. She's like, there's even one line where she's like, if I can be maternal for a moment. And it's like, aw. (laughs) But uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is not appreciative of that fact. No. No. Not at all. Anyway, um, Lila Crane was Vera Miles. She was in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, The Searchers, and The Wrong Man. Sam Loomis was John Gavin. He was in Spartacus. Spartacus. A Time to Love and a Time to Die and Heart to Heart. And Detective Arbogast was Martin Balsam. He was in All the President's Men, 12 Angry Men, and Breakfast at Tiffany's. 
Do you want a little summary? I would love one of Carnage's famous five-second summaries. Lady thief steal, stops at motel. Things go awry. Things go very awry. Lady thief. Lady thief. Technically, if she hadn't stole that $40,000, none of that would have happened. True. So, yeah. Um, my brother told me two things, and I don't know how accurate it is because I haven't looked into this yet. Mm-hmm. But apparently... Um, two things that he knew of history of this movie that it was the it got in trouble because not only did it have a scene where two unmarried couples shared one bed but also they had a scene of a toilet flushing yes and then but didn't you see her boobs anyway no she was in a bra in the shower i mean no you didn't see her boobs. i swear to god you saw her breast at the very end i didn't notice them okay Maybe like, you did, but I missed it. I was like, I was like, we're really that upset about a toilet flushing, but we see boobs. So I was confused by that because how is one worse than the other? I mean, I had heard both of those things as well, um, but I don't. I can neither confirm nor deny if they are true. Well, but those are both things that I had heard about this movie as well. Okay. Um, let me see really quick before we get into it. Oh, I also do want to mention, because it's Pride Month, I want to acknowledge that while this movie is awesome, it also was very damaging for the trans community and the um, and very stigmatizing of trans people equating cross-dressing with being violently evil. I, I have a question about that, though, because here's my thing at the end, because they were talking, but well, we're kind of jumping to the end for that, though. Because they even brought it up at the end, and I was thinking it was more stigmatizing to mental health even it is because but not is. all everyone with dissociative disorder had because that's what i'm assuming he had is dissociative disorder they didn't know anything about it at the time but yeah basically right well i know they didn't know like they i think they even called it schizophrenia for a while back in the day too yeah, they, they, did. they had no clue what they were talking <laughs> they about thought that was schizophrenia, um, yeah. but now we know but what i'm saying is now we know it's like you know people with mental illness are killers you know what i mean like murderers and just yeah it wasn't good for that but yeah. it also i read a whole piece about the psychology behind hitchcock's movies and um norman bates as a character and how le- the idea is that he's so mentally ill that he dresses as a woman oh. and therefore he has to be incredibly violent Devi- deviant because right because yeah. he's deviant yes Hmm. so um even though they even and they do even say because he says it in the book um that like you know he's not i think they even say like oh he doesn't want to be a woman he just thinks he's his mother but it doesn't matter the damage has been done the novel upon which this movie was based was inspired by the true story of ed gein the serial killer who was also the inspiration for Deranged, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Silence of the Lambs. Which they did a parody called The Silence of the Hams, which mostly parodied this, even though it was Silence of the Hams, because they were both after Ed Gein. So. Um, which one of these people were in it? Doc, uh, Detective Arbogast was in it. Oh, okay. Silence of the Hams. Silence of the Hams. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, Janet Lee used a body double in the famous shower scene 
Um, she said seeing it on film profoundly moved her and later remarked that it made her realize how vulnerable a woman was in a shower. To the end of her life, she always took baths. Seriously? That's what it says. There's funny trivia about how I read a, some guy wrote a, um, a letter to Alfred Hitchcock about how his kid had seen Diablo Week. You remember Diablo Week, right? Yes. So his, his daughter went and take baths and then she saw this movie and now she went and take showers. Yes, and he said, send her to the dry cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get into this. Uh, this. Jan- oh, one more thing. Okay. Janet Lee received threatening letters after this movie's release detailing what they would like to do to Marion Crane. One was so grotesque, she passed it on to the FBI. The culprits were discovered, and the FBI said she should notify them again if she ever received any more letters. Ew. Yes. People are gross. Yes, they are. Oh, and also, the amount of cash that Marion stole, $40,000 in 1960, would be equivalent to approximately $352,000 in 2020. And the $700 difference she pays when trading in her car to get another one would be equivalent of about $6,000. Mm-hmm. I looked that up, too. I wanted to know how much it was. I was like, that's got to be a fuck lot of money. Yes. It was so a fuck lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't even look at the trivia. I looked it up online and it was like 300. As of today, it was like 396,000. Yeah. yeah. So it's even grown even more. I was like, it's almost 4,000. You know, $400,000. Holy shit. Too bad. Too bad. What's in my retirement does not equal that. <laughs> too bad, yeah. Um, cause that would rock. Yeah. Would would. Rock to suck. I'm going to, I'm going to take my money and go into a time machine. And then, and then the money in my savings, which is like 300 bucks, would like look so good. Like I could probably buy a house for that. Depending on how far back I go. Um, I just saw this guy said like in the sixties, his grandparents bought a house for $35,000 and it's worth like almost 700,000 today. Well, my parents, the house they bought, um, in Manor Lake, they bought it for 25,000. Yeah. Yeah. I think the my the house that my parents bought in Georgia they bought for eighteen mm-hmm. because um, the suburb of Atlanta that they purchased the house in in Decatur in the seventies at sixties and seventies was like very downtrodden mm-hmm. but in the eighties it did like a turnaround and, yeah and now it's worth like crazy money because Decatur is actually a really hot place to live now really mm-hmm. interesting yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so they like were managed to sell it for way more than they paid for Thank it. Thank you, gentrification. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it was um it was definitely a mix when I lived there. It was there were people who had lived there a long time who were very what you would call like hicks or rednecks. Mm-hmm. And then there were um retirees who were buying in because it was turning into a nice area but you could still get stuff for cheap makes sense yeah interesting should we go into this yeah let's talk about it so we got marion yes um who is a secretary to a guy who does real estate basically yeah and her co-worker who's just a simpering idiot Oh my god, I love I can't her coworker. Stand so much. her. Oh my god, I love her. You love her? I can't stand. Yes. She's so annoying. All she talks about is her husband Teddy, who's probably also a simpering idiot. Yes. And her mother. And when the big money guy comes in, she's like, 
he was flirting with you. He must have seen my wedding yeah, ring. Yeah, I like, know. No, honey, you're an obnoxious twat. <laughs> and you can't hold a candle, Janet Lee. So that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, this the, the cowboy who's fucking chatting it up, chatting. And I said chatting as a verb. Oh, yes. <laughs> C-H-A-D-I-N-G. Uh, just... Like being like uh, this blowhard with showing like, well, I'm buying this house for my daughter as a wedding present. It's $40,000, which we know is a lot of money now, but he's got it in fucking cash. Yeah. He's just got it in an envelope. He's like, here it is. And the guy's like really uncomfortable taking that amount of money. And he even says to Marion, like, go stick it in a safe deposit box. We'll get him to give us a check on Monday. Right. Because this is an insane amount of money to just have. And um, he's, like, bragging, like, she's 18 years old, and she never spent a day unhappy. And it's like, sure, she didn't. Yeah, she's miserable. She can't wait to buy that house and get away from you. She'd buy it on another, another plant. No, I'm just kidding. Um, she married, she's getting married at 18 to get away from you, honey. <laughs> well, at first, we, we see Marion with, I forgot to mention this. I mean, the first thing we see is Sam and Marion in bed. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's obviously, he's got to catch a plane to get home. I mean, obviously, they're... They're this, he's a divorcee and she's never been married and it's a whole scandal. Right. But he and loves she her. She really wants to get married. He, he doesn't. And he's kind of like, I can't offer you anything. I'm still paying my ex-wife alimony. I live in a room behind my hardware store. Like, I'm poor. You deserve better. And she's like, no, I don't care. I love you. Which, how can he afford to, to fly up there to see her? And how do they meet in the first place? I have questions. Well, it was 1960. Flights were probably like $2. True. And they were nicer. And they got full meals and yeah. carved ham and shit. <laughs> Fucking they were able to smoke on and the plane. even economy had leg room. Yes. And like recline and sleep. And yeah. Oh, God. My last flight. Oh. I'll never forget my flight to Iceland. Oh, that was the worst one. Mom, Pa, Cattle. Oh, never. No. Mm-mm. I don't know. It would be like the next time I have to fly anywhere, I'm going to be really uncomfortable because my last flight was so super horrible that like I never had a problem with flying. I've been flying since I was like two mm-hmm. and it never bothered me. And then the last flight that I took, and this was like, I don't know, like six years ago now. Okay. Um, it was so horrible that I am just like kind of afraid to fly now because we were in a really, really, really bad thunderstorm. And um, the woman next to my mom was having a panic attack the whole time. And she just had a death grip on my mom's arm and she had this glassy eyed stare into the middle distance. And she was just repeating over and over again. Are we going to be okay? 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 I didn't know I was next to your mom on that flight. Apparently so. (laughs) (laughs) and that lasted for the entire flight which was like it was only supposed to be a couple hours but it was more like five or six because we got stuck in the bad weather and we couldn't land so we were circling the airport for like two hours and then when we did land the thunderstorm was still super super bad and we were we had like rented a car and it took forever for the to get the rental and then we're driving in this terrible storm and my grandparents are like super pissed off because they were there too and um they're sounds so awesome and they're just like so then they're just like fighting the whole way through this thunderstorm to a hotel where you can barely see out the car windows because it's storming so bad you gonna be okay no (laughs) okay let's finish the movie all right (laughs) 
So anyway, um, so Marion gets this idea like, okay, Sam doesn't have any money, but now I've got 40000 in my hands. I'm going to take a migraine and go home early. She goes home, packs her suitcase, gets back in her car, where she then, of course, sees her boss and the blowhard cross the crosswalk. Right in Idiot. front of her car, stopped at a stoplight. Yeah, and he even, like, her boss even, like, stops and looks back at her like, I thought she was going home to go to bed. What is right. she doing in the car? And then he, like, shakes it off and keeps going. And she's just like, oh, crap, my boss just saw me. Which is, like, everybody's nightmare, especially when you say you're, like, leaving early sick. Right. And then you see your boss and you're not where you said you were going to be. And it's like, oh, shit. I wouldn't fucking know because I don't do shit like that. Just saying. I'm a good kid. Good worker. Workaholic. Shut up. Anyway, so she's traveling to get to California to get to Sam. Um, She's too afraid to pull off, you know, to go to a motel. She's She's... Driving as late as she can, she finally pulls off on the side of the road. Of course, a cop wakes her up the next morning, and she's acting all sus. Mm. Like, she is not... If Marion Crane... Not Janet Lee. Marion Crane could never be an actress. <laughs> no. She is... So, so guilty. So guilty. It, like, it's all over her face. She's like, am I acting like something's wrong? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he follows her. Yes. And then she gets even worse because then she's like, I'm going to train on my car. I need a car with different plates. And, you know, she's like, and she actually gives this guy her car Mm -hmm. plus $700 and almost drives off without her suitcase and everything in her rush. And of course, that's the, you know, the cop doesn't get any more, you know, he's watching her the whole time. Yeah. I mean, he's like. This girl is shady as shit. And she's just like, what are you talking about? I'm not doing anything shady. Put my luggage in my car so I can go. Like, the salesman is even just like, why are you trying to get out of here so fast? And so then you can even tell, like, he's like, "Uh, yeah, your car plus $700. And you can even tell he's like, that's ridiculous. And she's just like, okay, $700. And he's like, wait, what? Like, you're really going to give me $700? Well, when you got a bag full of 40000 I mean, what's $700 in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, but I mean, to Idiots. him, he's just like, wait a minute. Like, I throw out this ridiculous number at her. She's just going to pay it? You better check yeah. to make sure there's no dead body in the back. Just right. Saying. Like, he's just like, she is acting so sus. And he's just like, um, I'm expecting to find a corpse in her car. I don't know why, but every time she's driving at night, like, it's supposed, I know it's supposed to add the tension and everything. You got the music, you got the water foam playing, you know, the... Yeah, I just, I just, for some reason, I keep thinking, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, she's driving the second night and they're, they're trying to make it all like it's raining and it's dark and she can't see anything. And she's getting tired. And somehow she gets off the main road, which I wasn't in the sixties. I don't know how to drive in the sixties. It's, you kind of know if you make an exit now though. I would imagine it's pretty similar. You make an exit, you get like off the you main road. If you suddenly exit instead of going straight. Yeah. I mean, I thought I got off the main road. Bitch, did you turn? Yeah. Then, yes, you got off the main road. <laughs> She's like, I don't know how I did that. It's like, well, you turned the wheel <laughs> and exited the freeway. <laughs> how do you think you got off? Well, she ends up at the illustrious Bates Motel that has cabins, even though it's, there's no cabins. cabins. It's not a cabin. It's a room, you dipshit. It's a motel. It's literally, it's very much like the motel where it's all one level. All the doors are on the outside of the building. So I know what a motel is. He keeps calling them 12 empty cabins. I'm like, those aren't cabins. Those are rooms. That's what they used to call them. <sighs> really? Yes. The 60s were stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> but Norman's a sweet boy. 
He's a very sweet boy. He's a mama's boy. 100%. He is. Um, but he's, he offers to... She's hungry, and he's like, well, there's a diner up 10 miles off the road, but you can come to my house for dinner. He's such a sweet boy until he starts peeping on her. Oh, my God. Through I his know. office. I did not expect that, but that's okay. I haven't seen this movie before today. This uh, Before yesterday. i never seen it before, so it was a new one for me. Why are you staring at me with that face? How did you manage to go, like, 42 years of your life without seeing Psycho? 43 almost, and I just never did because it was never streaming anywhere. And that's why I jumped on it when I saw it was streaming. I was like, Psycho. I haven't seen that one yet. I just, I forget that we did not have the same movie background. We did like, not. Because I've seen all the old movies. That's like what I, that was the only horror that I could ever get my hands no. on was the old stuff. All I could get my hands on was The Thing, an alien, Predator. When I was younger. When I was younger. Jaws. I well, Jaws to- is old. No, I know, but it's not 60s old, though. It's like it's 70, 74. like late 70s. No. Is it 74? Yes. Well, it's not as old as like a 40s or 50s, like the Cary Grant movies and shit like that. You know, whatever. Anyway. So Norman shows her to a cabin, and she agrees to go to dinner with him at the house. But you can hear Norman and his mother arguing through the window. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if I heard that argument, I would be like, you know what? I'm out. Peace. Ten Get bucks. Back that's in my fine. Car. Keep going. Don't care how tired I am. She thinks nothing of it. She she feels bad for Norman that his mother speaks to him that way. Yeah, she does. Stupid. So he brings dinner to her, and they have it in the office, and have a spirited discussion. They talk about stuffing birds. Not creepy at all. Not at all. Because it's different than stuffing animals. Yes, because. Animals look weird when you stuff them, but not birds. Not at all. Well, you do you not have a stuffed bird in this room somewhere? I know you have a stuffed raven somewhere. Where is your raven at? Oh, I think I got rid of that years ago. Oh, okay. It wasn't a real stuffed raven. It was just like from it, the Halloween it store. It looked real. It did not. You look like a stuffed raven. You got the smart eyes of a stuffed raven. <laughs> well, thank you. They are very and intelligent birds. Your black feathers are a little bit ruffled. So, my black swan feathers. Black swan feather- no, black raven feathers. They're different. It's different. Thank you. Anyway, excuse me. I am Natalie Portman in that movie. Uh, Continue. God, you're everyone. <laughs> Not everyone. I'm every woman. <laughs> It's all in me. So anyway, uh, Norman peeps on Marion after she goes back to bed. Because, after you know, we all go crazy, a little crazy sometimes. Go, right. go a little crazy. Oh, so, yeah, gross when he peeps on her. Like, Ew. creep factor up by a thousand. Like, the birds weren't creepy enough. That's really creepy. Of course, that's why he put her in cabin one right close to the office. Right, so he could peep mm-hmm. on her. So um, he supposedly goes and puts, you know goes away uh but their conversation made marion decide to return the money basically yeah and she even tells Norman, she's like i gotta go back to you know to, i'm in some shit i gotta go my own things. trap they yeah. talk about my mouse traps and if you put yourself in them and mm-hmm. you know i got stuck on my own trap and i gotta go back to phoenix so she's decided to go back and return the money yeah she doesn't get the choice to well she does um she tries to figure out you know what how much left of the forty thousand. Yeah. then she rips it up and throws it in the toilet and we get the toilet flush oh my god not a toilet flush. Um, and then she takes a shower where someone 
comes in and stabs her to death. Someone. Yeah, it's so creepy when you're like watching that movie and you like when you notice like the door opens, you can see like mm-hmm. the shadow of the door opening through the shower curtain and it's just like ah Yeah, very creepy. Made a lot of people afraid to take a shower. Eh. I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying oh, okay. you. I'm just saying it made a lot of people afraid to take a shower. I'm not well, saying I don't me. blame them. I mean, especially they live with Norman, you know, so <laughs> anyway, so Nor- Marion's dead. Yeah, she and gets stabbed in the shower. It's the infamous shower scene. She's dead. Supposedly, mother goes back to the house, and Norman comes back out, finds her, is horrified, but cleans it up, throws the body in the trunk, throws all of her stuff, including the money, the 40000 which is wrapped up in newspaper, in the trunk. And drown, drives, drowns the car. Yeah, drives it into the bog. Well, yeah, he does yeah. drown the car. Drowns the car. Drowns in the, the bog, car. In the swamp. Yeah. Okay. And then all of a sudden, Lila shows up. At Sam's place. Yeah. Looking for Marion. Lila is Marion's sister. Yes. She was out of town for the weekend, but Marion's nowhere to be found. It's been about a week now at this point. Yeah. Um, um, and and uh, they weren't able to find her, so they contact Marion's sister looking for her. And Marion knows about Sam. Mm-hmm. So she flies out to where Sam lives in Washington? No, it's... it's uh, it's No, no, no. Because it, um, it is in California. It is in California. Okay, yeah. that makes sense because that's where she ended up. Right. Um, yeah, so she flies out to find Sam and she's like, is Marion here? Like, I don't care if she's in trouble. I just want to talk to her. You got to tell me if she's here because everybody thinks that she went to the boyfriend, which Which she was intending to do until she changed her mind. Um, but he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, the PI, the, the, the boss hires a PI Mm -hmm. because they don't want to turn her into police yet. They think they could just convince her to get the money. They just want the money back. They don't right. want to press charges. They like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they think, uh, so they hire a PI. And the PI actually follows Lila there. Yes. And at first, he's he's very suspicious of Sam and thinks Sam's in on it. When, but he finally comes to realize that they're both being completely legitimately true. Yes. They have no idea honest. where she is. Right. Um, so they decide, you know what, maybe she stopped and got a motel. So Detective Arbogast... Is that his name? Arbogast, yes, yeah. Arbogast, He's yes. going to go to all the motels and see if anyone's seen her. He's got a picture of her. Be fine. He gets Norman's. It's like one of the last hotels. And did you know that Arbogast is the first name of the real Dr. Frankenstein? I did not know that. No, you Good to know. So he questions Norman, and Norman's being kind of evasive. Not for the reasons Arbogast thinks, you know, but, um, you know, because... She's dead. Right. Uh, but he denies ever seen Mary and he dies. He denies. He's stupid. He denies that no one's been there for weeks. Oh, I had a couple here last week. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. You just said you hadn't had anyone here. Oh, well, you know, the time goes so fast. Yeah. I can't, okay. I can't tell the time in this place because it's so slow and I never know if I'm coming or going. And I don't ever have anyone sign in anymore. But wait a minute. There's someone that signed in here and Detective Arbogast just has to have a sample of Marion's writing and matches it to the Marie Samuel signature. And Right. Uh-oh. It matches. Oh, yeah. I do remember. That's a bad picture. She was all wet and... It didn't look like her, and that's a bad picture. But yeah, that is her. She came out. really late night, and and then she just went right to bed and left in the morning. But oh, we but had dinner. We had dinner though, and my oh. mother didn't think this so much of her, you know. And oh, she talked to your mother. Can I talk to your mother? No, she's infirm. She didn't really talk. Like, like it just unravels. Like, yeah, he's completely. not good at this. No, he's not. For someone who supposedly poisoned his mother and her mother's his mother's lover, he's not very good at you know. 
yeah. this, the, the, you know, how we got away with that, considering how, like, Well, guilt- they thought that she did it. No, no, no. I know that. But, you know, like, he can't oh, hide anything. He's, so he's just as bad of an lying. actor yeah. as Marion is. Am I acting guilty? Mm-hmm. Like, he's just as bad as her. How did he get away with it then? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, Arbogast is like, he calls Lila and Sammy says, you know, I went up to the bait. She was here. Um, you know, he wouldn't let me talk to his mom, but I'm going to go back and see. I'm going to try again. I think his mom might know something. So he goes back and he enters the house and no one's answering and he, he's climbing up the stairs and this is the great scene. The, the most infamous, one of the most infamous scenes from this movie is other than the shower scene is he's climbing up the stairs and as he's climbing up, there's a shadow coming out the door and all of a sudden, you know, yep. stabs and falls down the stairs. I love that scene where he just falls down the stairs and it's yeah. like his feet are moving. He's not really going anywhere. Yeah. And then they cuts to the last two steps where he's like, yeah, he's flat. Yeah. And then the mother goes after him and stabs him repeatedly and kills him. Yes. What does he do with his body? Does she. Do, 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 do they get dumped in the. They don't really. I don't think bog they ever. Too? I don't think they ever say what happened to his okay. body. They don't show it anyway. Well, Lila and Sam. I don't think. I, don't, I didn't think so either. Okay. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe they didn't. Let me look and see. Because maybe he did dump him in the bog, but think they ever addressed it but i'm not sure uh, i got an aloe the no. in my hands they have uh oh yes he did uh norman standing by the bog having just disposed of the investigators remains oh okay he, did. he hears sam's call out for arbogast because sam and lila were like waiting for hours and they have the conversation like we're gonna go right yeah so uh well sam goes first and he says lila stay there doesn't find Arbogast. Comes back to the store. Tells Lila. Haven't seen Arbogast. Uh, he didn't see Bates there either, though. Uh, so they're going to go together. And they're going to well, go to the sheriff. They go to the sheriff, yeah. And the, the sheriff's sh- like, oh, no. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Yeah. A little quirky. Mother died. So I don't know what you're talking about with an older woman. Like, I don't know how he could have been talking to another woman because his mother died. She poisoned her lover when he found when she found out that her lover was married and then she poisoned herself who murder poisons, suicide who poisons themselves though it's not a common thing um, <laughs> no people don't poison themselves it's an incredibly painful way to die i think and some jim shown followers would disagree with you okay not talking <laughs> about those people obviously just kidding <laughs> I'm going to get smacked. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, it's not the most common way to commit murder-suicide, but it's definitely creative. No. Um. So, yeah, he's like, you're wrong. You guys are wrong. Just go to Sunday church and it'll be fine and, you know, come over. They they go to church with – I don't remember what the church thing was about. It was a scene to see the, to see the captain again. I don't like, know. Like, that'll make it easier. Yeah. Go to church with us and then report her missing. Okay. Um, but instead, Lila and Sam get the great idea to go undercover. Mm-hmm. Undercover lovers at the Bates Motel. Yes. And uh, Dorman gives them a cabin and they have a little, um, uh, uh, what is that word? Scheme. Mm-hmm. Close enough, I guess. Uh, where uh, Sam is going to distract Norman while Lila tries to find the mother yes. or the old woman or whoever they think it is to try to get information. She's in the house doing her little searching. She finds the woman's room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obviously a full-size body print in the bed, and there's no one there, though. Then she finds a young boy's bedroom, which is weird. It's like kind of like frozen in time. Mm-hmm. 
And Sam's talking to Norman, but Norman finally gets suspicious and eventually um, hits Sam, Sam and knocks head. him out. Yeah. When he realizes that Lila, the other party, is up talking to Mother or trying to find Mother. Trying to find which he, Norman hid her in the, the fruit cellar. In the fruit cellar. She didn't want to go. But no. But he carried her down there and hit her anyway, even though she didn't want to go because it was musty and she didn't want to hide in her own house. I don't blame her. I wouldn't want to be stuck in the fruit cellar either. It would be creepy But there's down there. fruit, though. And it's cool in the summer. It's damp. There's a dirt floor. I'm not living in the fruit No cellar. one asked you to live there. Just stay there for a week or two. That's all they asked. No. There's fruit. I lived in a basement Down for the three river. months, and I would not stay in that fruit cellar for even one night. Yeah, but the fruit cellar didn't have snakes, though. Your basement did. And spiders. And no, every... the spiders you brought, though. That's no, different. but it also had every single spider native to Ohio living in it, along uh-huh. with every other insect native to Ohio living in it, including other things like rodents that your cat drops on your chest when you're trying to fall asleep at Aww, night. And it's so still sweet. alive. It was trying to feed you. <laughs> anyway, um, Lila sees Norman coming back to the house. She goes to hide in said fruit cellar. Yes. And find Mrs. Bates and, and screams. Mrs. Bates. And then she alerts everyone to her presence by screaming. Which Norman comes in dressed like his mother. mother. But luckily Sam has kicked back. He's he's back to he's like. He's come back. He's come to. And, and, and found them just in the nick of time. So that he can. What does he like smack Norman over the head with something? He tackles him to the ground. Okay. And they struggle. And then yeah he finally knocks him out. Yeah. And so he's arrested, um, and the psychiatrist isn't talking to him, and they say, oh, well, you know, the mother told me everything. She's taken over Norman. Right. She's taken over. She was there 50-50 kind of in his brain, but now she's totally taken over. He probably won't get control of himself ever again, and it's probably gone forever. And she tells about how Norman killed the lover and then killed his mother and then felt such guilt that it fractured his psyche what it is now which is not how that happens no nope. yes and he killed not only marion and arbogast but two other girls too yes and the last scene we see is the car game pulled up from the bog yes. with the forty thousand hopefully still in there for someone i will take it <laughs> end movie end movie oh i'm tired this is a long one mm-hmm. we should probably get to this do you want to go to some fan fiction yeah, is there any? There is actually quite a bit in Archive of Our Own. There awesome. is 15, which isn't a lot, but when you consider it's it's crossed with Pirates of the Caribbean, Harry Potter, Nancy Drew series, and Sweeney Todd is my favorite. So there's that. I did find in the trivia this was the first American movie and possibly first fictional movie ever to show a toilet flushing on screen. This was the highest grossing movie of Sir Alfred Hitchcock's career. Got nominated for four Oscars, too. Did you see that? Um, No, that's pretty cool. For a horror movie? That's damn good. It only cost 800000 to make and earned more than $40 million. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yes. Um, and when this movie was made... Um, it was actually quite common for people to just go to the movies whenever they felt like it and drop in on a movie that was already in progress. People didn't 
go at the start time. It's weird. And watch the movie from start to finish. And Alfred Hitchcock wanted to change that because he wanted people to take the whole ride and not just see it piecemeal. So he like pulled out all the stops with like a really extra long trailer that had never been done before to get people's butts in seats when the movie actually started. But didn't they actually lock the theater too after the start of it? So yeah. people couldn't come in after it? I don't know about that. I didn't read that. I just read that he did this whole campaign of like things that he did to try to get people to show up when the movie started because yeah. people just didn't do that. Well, I like this. I, like I said, I had never seen it before. I knew the whole twist and everything. Like, everyone knows. Yeah. I mean, that's not a surprise. Um, it's kind of like um, The Sixth Sense. By now, everyone knows the twist. But um, I thought it was a good movie. I, 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 I wasn't a fan of, again, it was the 60s, of how they treated mental illness. It's not how that works. It's not how any of this works. But I'll take it for the grain of salt that it was, that it was seven years ago. 60 years ago. Can't yeah. do math. But, you know, and it's just, um, it's what they thought back then. Right. And it's just, it's telling a story. You know, it's not. It is. But it did unintentional harm. And yeah. I think that has to be acknowledged. No, I agree. Um, because even though they weren't trying to do that or, and they weren't being like, it wasn't like they just didn't give a damn and they were making it up as they went. They were using the knowledge they had at the time, but it did have a detrimental effect because the mental uh, health community is a very stigmatized one. Thanks in part to movies like this. Agreed. Because unfortunately people see something in a fictional movie and then think that's how it is instead of keeping in mind that it's a fictional movie. Fictional. Fictional movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, other than that, what are your thoughts on this movie? Um, it's it's a great story. Um, I think Alfred Hitchcock bought the rights for like nine thousand dollars. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really great story. It was Alfred Hitchcock's first horror movie, and it did great. And it really influenced generations of people. Um, it had a lot of, a lot of people like to say that if it weren't for Psycho, there would be no slasher genre. I don't agree with that because honestly, Giallo had a bigger influence on the slasher genre. Um, but in other parts of the world, Hitchcock's horror movies are considered to be Gialli. So um, America is really the only country that thinks, that considers Gialli to be a strictly Italian thing. Hmm. So it works. Nice. Um, yeah. So it, it did heavily influence the slasher genre. Um, so it was like important to horror in general, mm -hmm. um, which I recognize and I appreciate it for that. And like I said, I think it's a good story. The actors were amazing. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins? Nope. That's <laughs> not his name. Anthony Perkins. Perkins. Yes. Thank you. Anthony Perkins and Janet Lee both said that they didn't care that they were kind of stigmatized for these roles because they'd rather be remembered for being in such classic roles and that they acknowledged that they were a part of something very important. Um, so, you know, apparently it didn't bother Anthony Perkins that 
he did all these the typecast like, of it. He was yeah. typecast and did all the stupid, terrible sequels and everything else. Hey, it's still paycheck. Yeah, you know. I mean, he got to. He still <laughs> got to act, and he was very good mm-hmm. at his craft. And so was Janet Lee. Um, she's amazing. Um, so yeah, I I agree. I think it's it's important, and it's a classic, and. I wish that it hadn't done the damage it did, but like I said, they weren't trying to do that. No. You know, it was unintentional. I mean, I guess like the road to hell is paid with good intentions, but right. it is what it is. It's that iconic in here too. Mm-hmm. Iconic shower scene. Iconic score is another thing. Mm-hmm. The score is incredible. It's so, like I said, they used the water phone, which is pretty common in horror movies at the time, which is, very interesting instruments. But what wasn't common was the violins that they used during the right. shower scene. And in fact, Hitchcock wanted that scene to be silent at first, but the guy scored it anyway with those piercing mm-hmm. violins. And when he heard it, he was like, oh, hell yeah, that's going perfect. To yeah. <laughs> um, should we rate then? Yeah, let's rate. It's uh, my pick. I'm going to go with a. I really liked it a lot. I'm going to watch it again. Uh, I'm going to go 9.226. Awesome. How about you? Um, I think I would score it a little bit higher if it didn't have some serious detriments to it, but I still got to acknowledge what an amazing classic it is. So I'm going to go 8.5. Okay. All right. Well, um, should we pimp and get the fuck out then? Sure. We are part of the Morbidly Beautiful podcast network. Morbidlybeautiful.com is your place for all things horror, and they have a great podcast network. So if you're looking for some quality horror podcasts to add to your repertoire, definitely check out the network. It'll be linked in the show notes, and um, I'm sure you'll find something you enjoy. Um, We are on social medias. If you want to interact with us or just be up on our news, we are everywhere at Podcast at Night. We have a Facebook, a Facebook group, a Twitter, a uh, Slasher. Uh, what's the other social media program? Uh, Instagram, that's our main one. Um, and a Good Pods. And uh, we really appreciate reviews. Anywhere you listen, you can give us a quick star rating. And if you feel like it, leave a few nice words about us. We really like I said, appreciate that. Um, and we also have a merch store that will be linked in the show notes with everything else. So that's it for me, Chaos. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Good night from Carnage. And as, as always, we're filmed in front of a live studio audience of absentee cats. Mwah.